Hi, this is John Barnes, and you're listening to Cop On. Ah, yeah, good. The coffee tastes good. This is Cop On. Po- cop, this is Cop On. Cop On. God, that was a good start. Cop On podcast, powered by coffee, powered by joy, powered by the motivation, the enjoyment, the the verve, the vim, and the vigor of chasing a quadruple. And I'm 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 surrounded on YouTube by by happy, smiley people. Um, we've got Jack from Jack Mac um, LFC on YouTube. Do check that out, everybody who's listening to this. And uh, we've got Brian who's who's joining us all the way from Hong Kong. We've got Alan in Ireland. We've got Doug in Scotland, Doug from the Dugout Football Channel. Check that out too. It is all really exciting. And of course, we've got John Gibbons in the in the you know on the screen and back on Cop on Podcast. John, welcome back. Um, uh, I love John how you said in your post-match review uh, after Manchester United how when you leave the house to watch the Reds these these days, you feel like you're going to watch art like Pavarotti, like the three tenors when you go and watch the Reds. And I want to ask you, which elements of this team, which overtures, acts, arias or recitatives are you enjoying most? What what do you like most about the Reds these days? Or what are the one of the many things? I, don't know. I think it is just the, the sheer quality. And I know that sounds uh, basic, but, but what I was... The point I was trying to make with my my, my free tennis comparison is that we are watching, be, be it in person or, or on telly, the the people who are at the absolute pinnacle of of their art and 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 their their craft, if you like, and and that's from one to eleven. You know, I would argue we've got the best goalkeeper in the world. I would argue we've got the best centre half in the world. I think we've got the best fullbacks in the world. Uh, our midfielders don't look too shabby either, and Thiago is probably the most informed midfielder at the moment, certainly in the country. And then up top, we we whoever we pick is is just absolutely phenomenal and and these are wonderful times to be a Liverpool supporter and, and we're, we're so fortunate and I feel very fortunate that that I could be in my house at, at 6.30 jump on a train, have time to sneak a beer in and, and then be in Anfield to watch these um, you know, majestic performers and, and, and elite sportsmen, and, and 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 you know that that's fantastic and so so the, the just the quality and, and it takes your breath away, and that second goal, um, I didn't even celebrate properly. There's the video, isn't there, of James Milner who, who puts his head, his, his his hands over his mouth, and and, and that's kind of why I felt. I think I made a very strange noise Owen, when it went in, a sort of very very uh, high pitched kind of yelp because ah, yeah. because 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 just when you think you've seen everything, they they do they do something else, and and the passing around the the control of the ball, but then the. the the boom that suddenly the creativity is there and 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 the, and the, the pass over the top from, from Mane and obviously the control of the finish from Salo just sort of took my breath away really and did very strange things to me and so so <laughs> I think it is just the the, the joy of, of feeling like you've seen everything and then and then they just just sort of take your breath away and 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 so that the the ode to joy of of this football team um, to, to to hammer the classical element even yes, further I got is, it I got um, it is, is 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 is, is is food for the soul. 
food for the soul. It is indeed. Play on. Exactly. Very good. And speaking about, you know, strange noises, I was actually thinking about a question. I was thinking about the verb ejaculate, if I can lower the tone three minutes and 45 seconds into this podcast. But not as in, you know, um, definition one, uh, to eject semen from the body at the moment of sexual climax. I've got the definition in front of me. But definition two, uh, to say something quickly and suddenly. And uh, if you look at the Oxford Language Dictionary uh, for the verb ejaculate to, it says it's dated. So, you know, don't use it, you know, down at the uh, Tesco's or the Asda or Revenue Shop. But uh, it's a, it, to ejaculate also is when you're like, oh, my God, you know, like, uh, you know, if you're at the dentist, like, oh, fucking stop, ow. You know, this is also ejaculating in its own way. And, and there's, there's a particular sound. You mentioned that you did a high-pitched sound that I often associate with Mo Salah. Obviously, I watch it from many miles away. I live in France. And you can hear when Mo Salah has uh, the ball. There's like an, ah, there's a kind of scream of excitement going all around Anfield. It comes through on the TV. It comes through to my neighbours. It comes through the ceiling to my neighbours. I mean, he's already spoken to me about this because that's what I do as well. Um, but there's, there's, there's a different sound I don't know if anyone else has picked up on this when Tiago has the ball and he's doing these things and it's almost every single time he gets the ball um, where it's like, oh, it's like the person next to him is like, fuck, did you see that? You know, <laughs> and this is this kind of ejaculation that um, it comes comes across on the TV. And I just wonder what it's like inside Anfield, John, just to go back to you and then I'll bring the others in for a moment. But, uh, but uh, you know, inside Anfield, when, when you see Tiago, is it true that there are different sounds or is that just my imagination? No, it, it's it's right, and you know, similar to to ejaculation, Owen. Sometimes the feeling just before is even greater than the feeling itself, <laughs> and, and and that is um, that is a little bit like Tiago. Um, it is it is the anticipation of what he is going to do next, and then he and then he still surprises you. And, and listen, that this football team have, have got us all on the edges of our seats, but you just you just get even more so uh, when Tiago is on the ball because he surprises you. And I think I've got a really nice seat in, in the in the. Um, in the upper Kenny Dagalish stand, as it is known nowadays, and a, and a lovely view across the, the pitch. And you can normally spot what a footballer is, is going to do next because you, you've seen football play before and you can see how he shapes and, you know, a centre midfielder gets it and then he moves right and passes to the right winger and then he, he you know, looks for the forward. And, you know, passages of play we're all familiar with, whereas Thiago, you know, finds passes that, that you couldn't even spot from your, your vantage points. And so I think that's the most exciting thing about him is that he picks the pass that, that no other footballer would, and, and obviously executes it as well. So, so you do have that frisson of um, of anticipation when he gets there, and that does strange things to men in their forties <laughs> all across all across um, Anfield, indeed, across the world, across the world, <laughs> absolutely, um, excellent stuff. Speaking about being inside Anfield, Alan, you went to um, um, a match since we last spoke. Um, you went to the to the Benfica match uh, at Anfield. Yeah. I mean, what a wonderful, wonderful experience. You were there with your son, is that right? Talk to us about that. How was that for you? Uh, that's right on, thanks. Yeah, um, yeah. myself and Adam went. Uh, it was, um, it's like John says there, like John is lucky enough to go every week. Um, for lots of our listeners that live all around the world, it's, I'm all my life supporting Liverpool. I've been there loads of times, but when I was at that game two weeks ago, I was crying, crying my eyes out, singing, you'll never walk alone seen the banner going around for the 97 because it was near the near the time of Hillsborough as well. And I could just tell you, it's amazing. The, the atmosphere in the stadium, even though I felt it before, 
every time you go, it's amazing. So you're so lucky to be able to go every week, John. Um, but I tell you one thing, you're right. The the second Thiago came on that pitch, it was different. He is fantastic. I've been lucky enough to see lots of our great midfielders over the years, Gerard Alonso. Ronnie Whelan, I've seen loads play, and that chap is electric. He has the same love from the fans as Salah does. You know, and like John said, when he gets the ball, himself and his son were just amazed. Like we've seen him play all season on telly, but it's not the same. When you see the full pitch in front of you and you can see what's happening, and you see the pass that you think he's going to do, and next thing the ball goes to the far side of the pitch, and it's just amazing. He he in such a short time has become a fan favourite as well. And I don't know, I'm waffling on a bit now, but I'm still so excited after being at that game. So excited. And even my son turned around to me and said, Jesus, Dad, you're getting a bit emotional. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, <laughs> since I look, that's the way this club makes us feel. And I was so proud that I introduced it to him when he was eight or nine Abraham over there. And just standing there with him, I was thinking, this is his future now for the next 40, 50 years as well. And it's just amazing. And Tiago, Wow. Wow. It's madness, isn't it? There, there was one pass he did against United where um, I think it was Matic was actually moving. He was running towards his own goal because they were, you know, looking lost like they all were. Um, but but instead of like most people, even if they'd seen that the switch was on, because it was this, this sort of, you know, 50-yard pass across the pitch was on, um, they would have played it over, tried to play it over um, Matic's head. But he actually played it to where if you pause it at the moment of contact, that ball is actually right at Matic. But he knew that Matic was running backwards. And so Matic's momentum would take him past the ball and the ball was along the ground and it went and it found its man. And that that is that is genius. That is genius to actually have not just a picture of where people are, but how they're moving and that how their momentum takes them to different parts of the pitch and be able to pass the ball according to the space in in what, what's happening in five seconds time or whatever. You know, like it's yeah. it's madness. And, and he pins he pins the ball two yards ahead of the player, so yes. the player r- yeah, runs onto it. Yeah. yeah. When he wants to, and then yeah. when he wants it, when he wants to, it yeah. to land just at their feet, then he makes it land at yeah. their feet. They, they, uh, they don't have to break stride; he just puts it in their stride. Yeah. It's yeah, just yeah, amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah, when, yeah, exactly. When he wants to speed up the game, and when he yeah. wants to slow it down, he'll play it slightly behind them so that they stop, and uh, you know, go backwards. And it's like we recycle possession. Freaking genius! Uh, and it's so good that we're. You know, we're all appreciating it. Doug is here as well. Doug from the dugout. What are you appreciating most, Doug? Oh, just, I mean, Tiago is like, uh, he's like a conductor. He he just conducts the, the play from the midfield. I, I thought he was, look, I've never seen a player such as good as him. I think I think we'll all be fortunate when he obviously does retire um, in like the next sort of you know couple of years or so, and we'll be like we've never seen a magician as such as Thiago. Just we've never had a passer of the ball who just just does these eye of the needle passes every single time, and he was just fantastic as Manchester United and. I think the the one thing I can say about the Manchester United game, it was as one-sided as you can probably say that it was probably a training exercise for us because they never even got to us. They never even got near our midfield, never even got near Thiago doing his magic in, in midfield. And I, I love the fact that Paul Pogba has potentially ended his Manchester United career 
by lasting 10 minutes and getting spanked by Liverpool. No better way to go out. He couldn't be bothered, could he? He couldn't be bothered. Absolutely superb stuff. Um, Brian, yeah, Brian. Um, the, uh, I mean, the, phew, there's so much joy, um, but uh, there may be some more around the corner. Everton. Everton uh, at Anfield. I mean, it's nice to have all these home games. We, we were at Wembley and uh, then we were at Anfield. It's all, it's all at home these days. Um, Everton, I mean, would you be sad to see them go down? Uh, you, you know, would you, would you, um, you know, laugh at them? Do you hope they go down? Do you hope they stay up because you enjoy, no. enjoy whipping them? How do you feel oh, about I don't, want them, I don't want them to go down. I want them to nearly go down right to the last moment and then just stay up. You know, I mean, they're from Liverpool. At the end of the day, I know we're we're supposed to, you know, uh, hate Everton, but I mean, I don't. And also, we'd miss out on all those comedy moments. You know, uh, every year we, you know, it's uh, some of my happiest moments have been watching it. Liverpool beat Everton, <laughs> you know, Origi, the last minute, yeah. you know, that goal will always be permanently etched into my head. Uh, no, I, I no, I don't want them to go down. Uh, I mean, I, a couple of weeks ago, I, I was convinced they were going down. I was thinking, I can't see them winning a game, you know, looking at their fixtures and uh, the way things were panning out and, um, and Frank football genius was just imploding and it was all looking like it was going horribly wrong. Um, but then, you know, they've crawled a, a, a couple of results. Uh, I think that, that, that last minute goal in their game midweek kind of helps us because I, I don't know, you, I, I remember speaking to you about this the last time we played them, you know, we just want to take all the, the emotion out of that game because, you know, we, if we play them at a game of football, we'll comfortably win. But if it, if it turns into a boxing match, then, you know, who knows what's going to happen. So I'm, I just want a nice, boring game. <laughs> I want us to keep the ball, keep the ball well clear from them, those guys. Take, take, the, take the bit of the emotion out of that game, get the three points and, and get on to the next one. So, um, no, I don't, want them, I don't want them to go down. Uh, and I, and uh, I think we should just... Uh, be very uh, professional when it comes to this game. Make it as a boring game as possible. A boring 3 0. <laughs> if that's a possible. Boring 3 0. I mean, that, that yeah. would be absolutely lovely. Um, Jack from JetMac LFC, um, you're in the city of Liverpool uh, with John. And what's the atmosphere like? I mean, are the, the Everton fans, have they been, you know, have they, have the Toffees finally been humiliated into a long and bitter silence? Or are they still droning on in their habitual, depressing monotony? How, how are things? <laughs> You will get the odd bit of it <laughs> from both sides, that might be said. But um, a lot of Merseyside families have got half and half, really. Uh, I know uh, mostly red from my, my side. My dad made me choose the right side of Merseyside. Um, oh, but, you've got a lot to thank him yeah, for. <laughs> thank God. Um, but yeah, as, as Brian said, it's going to be interesting to see how much emotion does come onto the pitch uh, at the weekend because obviously. As the lads already alluded to, that the, their footballing abilities start a contrast. Really, the, 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 they'll never win us in terms of a football game in game intelligence. Really, um, and we see it in the past. Every uh, he's been injured, um, very heavily shock and tackle. Rich Allison, he's got that nasty streak in them, and it's whether they turn that game. And hopefully, we don't get dragged into that. Uh, I'm pretty sure we won't, and we let our football do the talking. But we've just got to focus on our job. But yeah, I've enjoyed it. Pretty sure. John's dropped a call of messages to his Everton mates as well. Um, and just wind them up. That's what it is. It's all about it. has been, especially in my lifetime anyway. But 
uh, very long ago, Everton were competing for league titles, but they're very far, far uh, distance from that anytime soon, mate. Oh man, yeah. Well, I mean, what's it like, John? I mean, have, have you been? Uh, I mean, do you feel it? Ever, ever feel guilty because it's like you know, shooting fish in a barrel, taking the piss out of Everton these days? Well, that's it. I mean, you don't even really have to take the piss anymore because they do it themselves. So you just sort of, I do a bit of fake concern personally. So, oh, <laughs> how, how, how are you, please? Oh, it's tough at the moment. Really struggling, and you know, oh, well, maybe you might win Saturday. You know what I mean, and, and, and stuff like that, and. And, but then, because because they've they've got all their own you know jokes at the moment, you know they they're just like oh no we're no we're doomed. I've got mates who are convinced that they're going down, like convinced that they've had it and and have been for a sort sort of month or so. Um, I mean they're all sorts of coming around one by one, really. You know others were a bit more optimistic in January or when Lampard took over and things like that. But but yeah, it's 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 obviously not improved enough. And, um, yeah, the the are so down at the moment. Like you say, oh, and you know, you don't. You, it's like it's like it's like kicking a crying puppy. You know, almost. So you just sort of you just sort of watch it, and um, as I say, pretend that you you you're full of concern, whereas really you're sort of sniggering around around the sort of the back of your hand. But you know, it is desperate, and obviously they're having to put up with the fact that we're doing so well, and there's a real strong possibility that, that they go down and then suddenly there's a parade going around the the, the, the city of uh, of Liverpool with a load of shiny trophies which yeah, which which I think I mean I, I, I might I, if I was an Evertonian it might maybe just pack in the whole thing and, and get a new hobby but but that's that's <laughs> a, that's a, that's a real real possibility that yeah it, it could happen so yeah, we'll see. We'll see. They'll probably be saved by the fact that we're in a Champions League final, so at least it won't be the Monday afterwards. Um, <laughs> but um, but but yeah, it's this it's very contrasting fortunes, and and like Jack says, that's that's not always been the case. You know, there's you know at times you know when, when I was very young, where both teams were in you know fighting in ethical finals and even for league titles. You know, and then and then even you know throughout. You know, but my adult life really. There's been seasons where they finished above us, and the year we won the Champions League in 2005, they actually finished above us in, in in the league. And both teams, you know, go into the Champions League, albeit they they go also in the in the in the qualifier. And and so it's it's you know not always been like this. It's not always been as big a gap. But I think on Sunday we will see what a, what a gulf in, in class that there is at the moment because Liverpool are just playing so well, and it's not always the case that the best side wins a football game, especially at a derby. But I think the the gap is so big at the moment, so and as we saw that in Goodison Park, that you know I'm 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 not going in sort of too worried at all, really, because I think the the levels between the teams are so great that you know even if they play at their very best and, and we're off it, I think we'll still have too much. But what I mean, you could say, I mean, I I would say, and I'm sure lots of people would agree that 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 our second team is better than Everton, really. I mean, you know, there are, there are lots about our. Uh, substitutes and I, I include you know sixth and seventh choice attackers in whatever order you want to put them being tacky and, and Divock would both start for Everton for example um, but you know given, given that as you say golf there is a golf a chasm uh, between us John would you would you uh, you know would you would you like to see a rotated team to to you know or would you not like to take the risk against Everton I don't know if it's about necessarily risk. I think it's about what's best for the side between now and the end of the season. And I think he'd, he'd just like to keep them ticket over as much as possible. So I think from now till um, the end of the season, you'll you'll see sort of two or three changes each game, but no real more than that, really. And it'll just be a case of making sure that no one is, is playing every minute of every game and everyone 
takes it in turn. If you like to get a rest, so with a one game, it might be, you know, Fabinho and, and Mali that drop out, and then the next game it might be, you know, they come back in and, and you see Henderson and Salah drop to the bench and things like that. And I think that's what we're more likely to see because the, the quality is so high, as you say, Owen, sort of throughout. And, and look, we've we've got benches now that are better than, than some of the teams we've watched. And, and that's the sort of the reality that we're in. And so I think... He's he's able. He's in a he's in a very enviable, enviable position, Klopp, because of the injury situation being so so strong as well. That that he's able to to rest two or three and, and drop out two or three, and, and there's no real drop in quality. But also the understanding between them all is so great that that you don't see that go as well. And that was always the the worry, wasn't it, with the with the, the traditional front three, if you like, is that they played so well together that when you brought someone else in, there wasn't just a drop in. In class, there was also the fact that the other two kind of didn't play quite as well either without each other. Whereas now, you know, there's five of them who all seem to get on, who all seem to have the, the same understanding, the same combinations, and, and so we're able to sort of, you know, whoever you pick, everyone's happy. You know, I could I could name a team now for Sunday, and everyone could go, yeah, that, that looks good. And then you know, Brian could name another team with four or five different, and everyone could go, yeah, yeah, that's good as well. And so and so that's the kind of situation the lovely situation that we're in and the manager's in. So I think, but he talks about rhythm a lot as well, uh, the manager. So I don't think he'd, he'd necessarily won, you know, many games where there's sort of wholesale changes or, or anyone not playing for, you know, the, the first, the real first team has been not playing for any considerable amount of time. I think it'll just be taking in turns to drop out, but, but keeping everyone ticking over and just keeping everyone at that very high level for, you know, for, for the rest of the season, really. And hopefully for the, for the peak time Champions League final at the end of May. Well, let's let's hang on, hang on. I'm getting to the Champions League final. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But on on a rotated team, as you said, Brian could choose something different. But but John, if it was up to you, give me three names for your midfield. So you know, Klopp's taken ill. Pep Linders has taken ill. Victor Matas has taken ill. So like, who's going to pick the team? They text text you, Gibbo. They text you and they said we we need someone to pick a midfield. Who are you picking? For Sunday, um, I, mm-hmm. I think I'd go Fabinho, Henderson, and Keita on Sunday. I think those are the three, but I would go for. I think I think um, yeah, they're all in good form. Um, Keita obviously dropped out the, the last time, so I'll bring him back in, and I'd be looking to give Thiago a bit of a rest with the idea of of him definitely starting against Villarreal and then Newcastle. It's a very good answer. The one thing I will have to insist on is on Cop on podcast, we do not tolerate the the pronunciation Keita. It's okay. Keita. Cater, as in Kate Aidy, Kate Moss, or Kate Winslet, okay? And Depending not the thing you fly. Okay, you can tell Neil Atkinson that, because I think he started this Cater nonsense. And uh, I have to insist that uh, it's Cater, because, uh, you know, I don't know, he's a Francophone, I know, because I live in France. I've no idea how you pronounce Roberto in, in Brazilian Portuguese. It might be, I don't know, no idea. But Cater, okay, for future reference, very important. Brian, are you going Kater in midfield or are you going somewhere else? <laughs> I'm going Kater. Uh, yeah, no, I think uh, John's uh, thinking is perfect. You know, I'd, 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 uh, I'd wrap Thiago up in cotton wool for that particular... We don't need him for that game. And Would you uh, not wrap Fabinho up in cotton wool, though? Because that's what I would do. I'd play, I'd play Hendo at the six, bring in Curtis... Mm. Or is that you don't like that one so much? I don't know. I mean, I I mean, it's still Everton, you know. So, <laughs> I mean, I <laughs> I know the shit, but <laughs> like you know, anything can happen. And uh, each take one get at a time, and uh, let's win our next game. And I, you know, I, I'd be more inclined to to um, 
to take uh who did you say bring um uh, i take fabinho off and bring curtis on uh when the game's wrapped up I let's see. say with let's say it's 60 minutes and we're beating them i don't know comfortably two three nil then I, i'd be more inclined to do that but i i, I just think we have to rock up to every game uh mm-hmm. with the right attitude we haven't won anything yet really you know and we're not entitled to we, we can't just turn up and turn them over we still have to they're going to have a go for sure um and we just got to suck the life out of them in the first 20 minutes and just let them know that no today today is not the day lads <laughs> wait for another <laughs> year you know and if we give them like if if you're in the the away dressing room and um and you see curtis jones instead of fabinho on the thing that kind of gives them a lift and you know i know i frank would just love to get a result you know against liverpool because he's a chelsea player right um, yeah, of course. He the less said about that, the better, right? So I think we just have to squeeze the life out and get the job done, and then maybe take take some players off. Um, yeah, okay. That that's a very convincing argument, I have to say. Although even if even if they do get a uh, get a, get a lift from 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 seeing Curtis Jones on the on the on the team sheet, I'm sure Curtis can you know can shut them up because I believe in his ability. You know, I, I honestly think Hendo. Um, Jones and, for example, Cater in midfield would um, should scare the living bejesus out of Frank as much as anyone else. But yes, I see your point. It's a very good point. I, I believe I believe in Curtis too, but I just think mm-hmm. Curtis is at the stage in his career where I don't know. There's a bit of I wouldn't say there's a spotlight on him, but people are paying more closer attention to his performances. You know, and he's and he's a young player and he's got a big career ahead of him. I don't know if the Merseyside derby um in a title run is the right game for him to put okay. put him I mean, well, you know i preface this by what the hell do i know <laughs> you know but you know no, i'd be more inclined to go with the the strongest the strongest option that allows us to rotate as well and rest some players and i think that's okay. what john basically uh yeah, kind okay. of outlined there so i'm gonna Interesting stuff. The honourable gentleman to what John Gibbons <laughs> said earlier on. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. Very good, very good. Uh, Gary in the chat. Hello, Gary. He says, Elliot, Hendo and Jones in midfield. So they go. I mean, I'd be happy with that personally as well. Alan, where do you stand on the midfield selection dilemma? Uh, I think, you know me, I don't like changing a winning team. I think you should stick to the closest you can unless injuries. So I, I think I'd go with the... I, I would go with a full strength midfield. I'd play Thiago. Um, then you can bring them off after 60 minutes or something if, if need be. But I do see the point in, in as well in rotation. Like, you know, Fabinho does be rested a bit this season and stuff. So I wouldn't be too too disappointed for Hender on the six either. But, so, so, but, but when you say the strongest, sorry, Alan, you mean, well, you, mean uh, you mean Fabinho, Thiago and Henderson or Fabinho, Thiago and Keita? Uh, well, I think this... It'll be um, Thiago and uh, Henderson for this one. Okay. You know, this is a game for Henderson. This is where he's he's his powers come and a good. Where there's a bit of a battle and a bit of a fight against Everton, you, you'll want Henderson in there, I think. Interesting, interesting stuff. Yeah. Okay, that's good. That's good. Okay, and let's uh, let's move forward for the last uh, to ask Jack and 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 Doug. You know, like uh, what would you do uh, in the front three, Jack? I mean, the 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 riches. I mean, it's richer than a packet of rich tea. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I've I've gone with Diaz, mate, and uh, this 
I think we've all watched Coleman on Match of the Day and he's been at six and sevens. I don't even know how he's still a football player, to be honest. Um, but I, that's one of the battles I can't wait to see, really. I think, just quickly to on midfield, I'd go with Thiago Hendo and Fabinho because of no Donny van der Beek and obviously the Portuguese lad for them, completely forgot his name. But they're probably their most technical players, so... They've got Fabian Delph probably potentially playing that midfield, <laughs> and he's been technically probably would you say one of their best players. Decore has been an absolute shambles this year. Um, stark contrast to what he was at Watford the, the years prior to that. But yeah, Diaz down the left for me, mate. Mo on the right. Hopefully he's buzzing like all we've seen in the post match. He can't wait to play the Ev. <laughs> Tell Diago, wait until you play the, this lot anyway. And then I'd go with Mar- I'd go with Marne through the middle mid. I'm hoping we do start quick, similar to what we've done with Man United. And then then we can technically, obviously, I wish we had five substitutions, but that's only in Europe and the Cups. And next season we will, but get this game over and done with, hopefully, potentially in the next, in the first open five to 15 minute period. And then you could take your foot off the gas and then control the game and then let Evan do all the running and then you, you preserve an energy like we have been doing over the last couple of weeks really mate and then you could probably make the main probably three substitutions probably safeguard Thiago, Fabinho and then possibly Trent depending on how his fitness has been over the last couple of weeks and then another player mate but yeah uh, those three mate for me. Excellent excellent answer. Uh, Doug where are you on, on the selection on the selection uh, quandary? Um, I, 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 I'm quite, I'm quite in agreement with Alan and Jack. I think um, I've always been a, a case of never change a winning, a winning team. But the fact that Jack said Van de Beek and the Portuguese lad, I can't even remember his name. I think you were meaning Andre Gomez. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. The ever shite. The ever absolutely shite. Like I've watched, I watched them against Manchester United, and I almost was bored to sleep. Like I know Manchester United have been so so bad as well, but it was two crap teams out there that, that, that were playing playing each other. And, you know they have got a very lucky winner um, as well. But uh, I just want to beat Fat Frank. I really really do. Um, I absolutely can't stand him, especially from what happened when he did. Uh, when he was uh, speaking out and uh, Anfield when he when Chelsea played us as well, but whoever plays, I mean, for me, if it was me, I would go Fabinho, Thiago, Hendo, again, uh, same same as, as Manchester United. And I would obviously go Diaz, Mane, Salah, uh, because I reckon that they ain't going to be able to handle us. Um, if they play Michael Keane, then that's absolutely carnage. Um, Seamus Coleman hasn't got any legs left. John Joe Kenny is absolute murder. Um, and I can't believe that Everton have still managed to catch him when he was absolutely hopeless at Celtic. And I think he was maybe at Hamburg previously as well. Absolute murder there as well. Then you've got on the left, Mikalenko, who... Look, Mikalenko is a good, good, good option for for left back for them, but it's all about it's all about Jordan Pickford for me. Uh, if we can get an early goal, we know how bad they are when they concede. When they concede, heads drop. Boop. So yeah, get an early goal, they capitulate. 
that's the thing though with an Everton capitulation um there is the fear the the residing fear that they're going to just try and you know go to I don't know just start start just kicking us start you know pushing punching us headbutting us do whatever they want uh, because you know like there's this weird um narrative around football Gary Neville the other day was you know singing the praises of that little twerp who came on and knew how shite they were and just resorted to kicking our players. There's no grace in that. There's no like you know balancing the books because I'm shit. I can kick you, and that's supposed to be good for the club. That's absolute nonsense. If if that was true, they could pick any of us to pick to play for Liverpool because we can you know we can you know we could elbow an opposition player. We can you know. Stamp on Sergio Ramos's ghoulies, just like the rest of us. But you know, you're supposed to be professional footballers. You know what I mean? You're supposed to have the, you know, the the the, you know, the sense of of class, of responsibility. I mean, okay, maybe we, we don't associate that with football at all. Anyway, John, I don't think it will happen. By the way, this 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 thing because Everton are in such a position, they're just one point above Burnley. Um, so you know, I don't think they're going to resort to the violence that we've seen in the past, especially from, you know, players like Richarlison, a.k.a. the Rooster, a.k.a. the Cock. Um, he, you know, he's not going to resort to that. So I'm going to talk about happier things. I'm going to talk about Wednesday, the Champions League, Villarreal um, at Anfield again. So many home games. It's gone Wembley, Anfield, Anfield, Anfield. And before that was Anfield against Benfica. This is just home, 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 home. All the way, but Villarreal, are you going, John? I mean, how? I mean, are you? Do you think we need a massive result there to take away? I mean, are you worried about it? How do you feel about Villarreal? Good, positive. I, I think you know they deserve credit for for reaching the Champions League semi final, and, and you look at the teams that they've beaten, and they deserve credit and, and respect for that. But at the same time, as far as Champions League semi finals go. Um, it's 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 a it's a kind draw for, for Liverpool really, and we've got a great chance of getting into the final. And I think we are capable of getting a, a result at Anfield on Wednesday that, that that puts us through sort of there and then really. And so so I think that will be the aim. I think that'll be the aim of the team will be to not just to win the the game, but almost win the leg on the night really. And and, and if you could take a three or four nil lead over to Spain. I can't see them overturning that no matter how sort of hostile it is and how much they're up for it. Obviously if it's a little bit tighter, um if it's a if it's a draw or or even a a two one win say then then the then the return leg becomes a little bit more difficult. You'd still back Liverpool to do it. But obviously, you know, if we if we are able to rotate a little bit for that second leg and or drop our intensity a little bit, then it helps in terms of the the the, the goals of, of the season being being to, to to win the lot. And so that's my hope on, on Wednesday is not just that we win, but that we win well because the games come thick and fast and it'd be really nice, you know, to 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 basically get through and, and to, to to kill the the tie in the night and and the team are capable of it. We saw that you know how they dispatched Manchester United four 0 You know you know United we can we can tease them as much as they like, but you know they were Champions League level team. They were in that tournament this this season and we and we swiped them aside with ease. And so I think Villarreal will be tougher because you know they'll be more up for it. It's a semi final for them. I think they'll be harder to beat. And but you look at the the the, the La Liga table and where they are. It's it it's they're they're a level below Liverpool. And, and if we could. If we could show that on Wednesday, then then that would be fantastic. But either way, you're looking forward to it. Champions League night at Anfield, a special occasion. Um, always feel fortunate to be there. 
the the first legs, you know, the atmosphere is never quite as good as the second leg because the second leg, you know, it's all decided on the night and things like that. But I still think it'll be a great atmosphere. I still think the crowd will will turn up, you know, in well, physically and, and metaphorically. <laughs> I mean, and and the, and the, and the water. You know, as I say, they don't want to get behind the team. It always helps when there's a new song to sing as well. Everyone's enjoying that at the moment. We're all humming it, running, walking around the house and things like that, are we? And and going to bed at night and, and singing about about Jan Klopp and and to the, to the sounds of the Beatles and so, so yeah. So that always helps. I always feel with it, with it, especially with the Champions League one, if we've all got a, a a new little ditty um going around. So so yeah, I'm expecting a great atmosphere. I'm expecting a big Liverpool performance and yeah, hopefully a, a nice lead to take out to Spain. That means that we can relax a little bit, but I guess you do never know. And then on to Paris, hopefully. Um, yeah, we're all staying in yours, aren't we? Well, well, that's the thing. I mean, I live in the, in this in this small studio flat with my girlfriend. She's she's probably going to be all right with the fact that, that about fifty people have already sleeping on the floor. So we'll, be, but we'll have to sort of leave a, a pathway to get to the bathroom and back. Um, and uh, maybe have to fix the door in the bathroom. But uh, yeah, no, you're all welcome. You're all welcome, absolutely. Um, and well, just before you before you have to chip off, uh, John, because I know you're a busy man. Um, <laughs> uh, you know what's what's going on at the Anfield Wrap these days? I mean, is it is it flat out because you've never been so busy? You know, are you expecting a call asking you to DJ in Paris post match? What what's going on at what's going on over there? Yeah, I mean, we are busy. Yeah, we, obviously, you know, it's the games come thick and fast, and obviously, we've got the subscription service. We're doing audio and video, and so yeah, there's there's still stuff going on every day. Obviously, you know, we've had Man United to talk about today, Merseyside derby to to preview. So yeah, it's been a very busy week. But listen, it's great fun. The team are playing well, and you know, we're, we're lucky to have the job that we have. You know, when the team is struggling, but when they're flying, then then you feel very fortunate in, indeed to be doing this for a living. So. So yeah, so we'll 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 look forward to you know the the game on Sunday. We'll we'll look forward to the game on Wednesday, and we'll be previewing the best we can. And then you know around the games, I think is where we do our best work. You know, both in terms of social media stuff and and just generally trying to share share the experience best we can with fans all around the world. Do we know? Aren't necessarily lucky enough to be there, but we want to sort of feel like you know the part of it will feel a little bit closer, and I think that's what we do our best stuff. So yeah, so straight after the game Sunday and Wednesday, if people want to. Uh, access our post-match content. If people aren't subscribers, you can download the app and you get some free tokens and you can see what it's all about and enjoy it. But yeah, we hope lots more extra people come on board between now and the end of the season because that always means the team's doing well, of course, and that is what we all want when the, when the Reds win, we all win and all that. So yeah, no, it, yeah, it should be good, but it's 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 always a pleasure to speak to you, Owen, but also obviously always a pleasure to, to talk about these Reds. So yeah, uh, very, very fortunate we all are indeed. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, you know, do you ever laugh sometimes to yourself if you're, I don't know, you're out, you're, you're, you're alone, you know, everyone's gone out of the office, you've got a cough, you're like, God, this is good. You know, do you ever like, you know, when you think about, you know, all the great interactions you've had with the players and the club and the fact that you're, you know, you're making, uh, making podcasts and bringing people, you do it so well, bring people into the city to, you know, feel the club. Do you ever sort of, is it ever like funny to you, like in a good way, you know, I mean, the positive way? I mean, it's yeah. If if you look back on the, on the journey of the Anfield rap and, and my own personal journey from a, being a, a just a, a, a you know 
a fan. I mean, I'm still a fan, obviously, but being someone who, you know, would just talk to the mates down the pub about football to, to suddenly be in a profession, you know, you, you, you know, it is crazy and it is a, you know, incredible thing that, that 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 all of us have been able to turn it into work and, and not just us, but obviously hire people and you know, there's fourteen of us full time, I think, that is now here and, and so it's great to to take young people on and give them the experience of of, of making football content for, for a living as well and, and they all enjoy, you know, there's there is you know, I mean, you know, most days, are, are, you know, a, a sort of, you know, fairly normal, really, you know, you just, you know, but then the other days that there are, you know, a bit mad and, you know, you mentioned the, the, the DJing and stuff like that. I think, I think that will always be, you know, a story that, that I'll tell my kids and grandkids and stuff <laughs> like that doing the, doing the party after Madrid because, you know, I remember watching the videos when I was a kid of um, people talking about Champions League parties and the fans who, who broke in and, and um, you know, and cleared out the buffet and stuff like that. Um, you know, on those old Liverpool videos, you know, Alan, Alan will have heard all them, you know, stories of, of the fans, you know, getting getting, 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 in, getting in the fire exits and the, yeah, picked clean. It was, yeah, there we go. Oh, and you, you've seen all the videos as well. That was the story. And, Grew up on them, yeah. It, got, it, it, it disappeared in, in in seconds, like a cartoon. And I used to love all that. And and you know, fast forward, obviously a few years, and and I'm not just in the parties, but but I've been invited and 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 well paid to to to, to work. And so so yeah, it's 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 incredible. And, and we are lucky. And you and you pinch yourself sometimes. You know, we haven't got footballers coming out of our ears. Don't get me wrong; they're not they're not knocking <laughs> around all the time and, and asking if they can come on. But but when when we are lucky enough to speak to them, we, we do appreciate it. And and hopefully, if they do get to a Champions League final, we'll have we'll have one or two uh, interviews to put out. Wonderful, wonderful stuff. If if any listeners don't uh, subscribe to the Enfield Wrap, then uh, please please do immediately. But actually, wait because Alan's got a question. Alan, uh, John, I, I'm just thinking of. Uh breaking into the backstage party at your shows coming up in Ireland as well so uh, I'll be, ho- hopefully I'll get stuck into your buffet there in a few days <laughs> oh the Anfield Rap Buffet is decent let me tell you yeah, yeah let me tell you yeah. are we going to win all four John just uh, the fi- final thing <gasps> oh I'm st- I'm, sta- I'm starting to think that we're, we're not going to win the league to be honest with you. I'm starting to think the City are going to go clean through to mm-hmm. the end which is which is a little mm-hmm. bit annoying obviously you, you keep hope and stuff but I, th- I think they'll just keep going but but I yeah. think I think we'll win the FA Cup and I think we'll beat City in the Champions League final. Oh, and that'll be fine, won't it? I think that'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, to be honest, it's the journey. I've, I've become very Buddhist about this thing. I'm enjoying the journey more than I ever have before and that's already pretty much enough. I mean, even if we don't win any more for me, I think it's just been such a season. But thanks very much, John. We're going to carry on talk <coughs> chat to the other guests and, and take care, John. Absolute pleasure. Um, there you go. So there you go, John Gibbons from the Anfield Rap. Um, you know, great, great of him to join us. It all sounds very exciting. It's so exciting, the end of the season. Um, you know, Gary Richards is getting. He's uh, he says uh, in the comments, we'll get the Magre de Canard cooking for Paris. He's looking ahead, which is great, delicious. Uh, duck magre if, ever, if anyone's uh, not vegetarian who's listening uh, very good very good french food some of it's absolutely delicious around here i'm telling you um jack how's your we were talking before uh we went uh before recording about about your languages are you brushing up on your french are you get are you that optimistic we'll get to paris might have to think of as well to just pretend to be at a, a, a French journal or something and uh, you never know, get in the VIP seats with uh, the Kylian Mbappé, his mate and all that. So you never know. But I, con- I converted yeah. Parisian. 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure the other French wouldn't have a clue what I'm saying. Uh, it's bad enough <laughs> speaking to you, you probably like some days. Like, what are you saying? Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's as the lads already said, it's it's difficult not to look ahead in reality. Um, but it's the objective of the players. I think uh, you won't put a very just, they'll be the ultimate professional, but they're probably giddy inside that they they don't know, probably know themselves every single day in training. You know they've got such quality, world-class talent within the squad that are capable of winning any football game, even if it was on bloody miles. We still have a great opportunity. But, yeah, um, but I watched Villarreal. Uh, for some reason, I watched a Villarreal game, but I wanted to know Liverpool facing in the semis whilst everyone was probably watching the Real-Chelsea uh, game. But the only people that will beat us is ourselves. If we do what Bayern have done and Juve have done, Already in this competition, don't we? We're now's best football teams and both of them combined. But it, we can't take these for granted. And it's that's why I say we obviously focus on the Everton game and then we focus on them. Because um, they have got a, they're a lot better equipped side defensively. I know, as the lads have said, they were they're dwindling in the La Liga. But from a tactical sense, Liverpool, when we have come up against opposition that have got in between the two banks of lines, we do present sometimes teams with opportunities within games. Not many, um, like literally 0.5, not many of them. But like even uh, when Nunes um, comes to the Benfica game, he scored about what five offside goals or so. Um, but I'm confident, mate, and I'd love it. We're just so blessed. Like, it's it's become the norm now that we're getting to Champions League for, uh, finals. Teams in their history have never been to more than one, and we all know them. Uh, Saint Club in Manchester, but it's unprecedented times, as as everyone said on the show, mate. And long may it continue. Up the up, Jürgen bloody Norbert Klopp. We love him. We love him. We love him dearly. We love him dearly. Um, Brian, I mean that's looking forward ahead of Everton to to Villarreal. I want to also just take take a moment to look back because we haven't even discussed. Uh, the Manchester United game, um, you know, just because there's one one stat that really struck me was that the last time Liverpool scored nine in one season uh, was in 1895-96. Um, and I tried to have a look. That was before squad photos existed. There, there, you can find squad photos from 1897 to 98. But basically, like, it's been over... You know, a century, like, I don't know. It's such a long time. And even in that season, we conceded one because we won one of the games 7-1 against the old Newton Heath. Um, the, 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 the rarity of going to your neighbours, uh, your rivals, and, you know, winning 5-0 there, and then hosting your rivals and beating them 4-0, both of them at a canter. Um that was the thing that I took from the Manchester United game was just the extraordinary rareness of it all. What did you take from the Manchester United game? Yeah, well, I mean, I was cacking it, you know, leading up to it. everything. Everything said that we we're going to beat them, obviously, right? No, surely we we're going to beat them, but it's still United. And I think we've been trained like Pablo's dog that as soon as that uh, United um, uh, game... Okay, <laughs> Good night. <laughs> oh, your daughter's come to say good night. Oh, yeah. massive oh, Liverpool oh, fan. Well. Massive Liverpool fan. Oh, well done. Let's... Very good. Yeah, Off you go. Go on. Okay. All right. Good night. Off, you... Off you go. Off you go. Oh, okay. 
get to bed. Don't disturb Danny <laughs> when he's doing his important podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good <laughs> girl. Um, yeah, no, but like when we, so when the game kicked off, um, yeah, we're just, we're just trained to be so scared of any United game. You know, it just, you're so used to being on the edge of your seat for all the 90 minutes, not just the 90 minutes, the day before it, the hours leading up to it, just before kickoff. You're like, oh, we can't lose to these. Please don't lose to these. And for the first 10 minutes, I, I felt a bit like, well, no, no, actually, no, not for the first 10 minutes. First the three first, minutes. Until, <laughs> the first until few minutes. Yeah. Those two minutes. I was like, oh, <laughs> God, it, it still feels terrible. It's only two minutes. And then that goal happened. And it was just beautiful. I mean, it was like the, the red arrows shooting down. When it was so bad from United and so good from us. I mean, it was like, a, it was like an American football play. It was like red seventy two, red forty six. Go, go, go! <laughs> and and their their shape was just all over the place. It was just and and then we we scored and and as the game went on, ah, it was just perfect and it was just joyous just to watch it. We were just knocking the ball around and Tiago was playing like he was in a FIFA game and you, you know you just and the camera would just pan over to Sir Alex Ferguson. <laughs> I'm like chirpy chirp chirp. Chirp, 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 <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> Who's laughing now? You know? <laughs> so it's like, I'm absolutely amazed at how our situation has gone complete full circle. Like, I remember very vividly and very clearly being in the exact same position. Actually, not as bad as this, because as Kara uh, pointed out to Gary Neville earlier on the week, even when we were shit, we would still give them a game. Yeah. Uh, and we could still turn them over. And when we played them, it was the most important thing of the whole year. Like it didn't matter what was going on, if we could just beat them. And they used to they used to slag us off because of it. They were like, "Oh, this is your grand final. This is your this is your Champions League playing us." You know. Well, yeah, it was. And and we and we and we and we showed up and we beat them many times when we shouldn't have had any business beating them. But my God, that team is like, uh, it's its like what not to do to a football club from the top right to the bottom. They're just, it's rancid. It really is. I mean, even leaving, even when we had our dark days of Gillette and Hicks, you know, we're still, you know, a club with soul. A working class club. We, we we we're a decent club. We got together and we and we 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 did what we needed to do to get those people. Out. They haven't got a clue over there. I mean, I feel sorry for them, you know, because you got this. You got uh, you got the you know shaving off money. The, the the stadiums falling apart. I mean, I think the recruitment policy has really killed them because all it takes is two or three bad windows, and then you've got a, basically a shit in tube for the next five years. You know, re-signing Pogba. Resigning Ronaldo, just one thing after the other. But anyway, just to get back to your original question, it was beautiful. But I, I do remember clearly thinking, why am I shitting myself when these people are, this team is so obviously terrible until that first goal went in. Actually, the second goal, because I was still on edge. Okay. Because I thought maybe they could do something. And then the second goal, I was like, oh, what did I just see? My eyes. I had to go into the bathroom, wash them out with soap and water. I were like, oh, they're burning. The beauty's just too much. <laughs> yeah. 
It was, it was like a vision. It was like a vision. That second goal, man. There's a beautiful graphic uh, of you know all of the different passes and and the, all of the touches. It was in the Telegraph um, the other day. Um, I saw it on the internet, and it's brilliant. Like it would make a great T-shirt uh, of, yeah. of uh, you know exactly all of the passes. Although what they didn't have in this, they drew straight lines for each pass. Um, but of course, Sadio Mane's sort of banana ball, that beautiful curling beauty to Salah and the ball that was spinning and then his first touch and the finish, my word, the second goal. Uh, but Doug, um, you know, Eric Ten Hag is in. Gary saying in the comments, Ten Hag will fail. Um, my favourite tweet of the week, perhaps even of the season, uh, perhaps, was uh, um, someone, I'm sorry, I forget who it was. They said, uh, they're going to need 20 Hag. Uh, because uh, it's, but they've got ten of them. Um, will Ten Hag? Um, will he? I don't know. Will it take six years, like Ralph Rangnick said? I mean, you have to be an absolute magician to get them even challenging, because. Their squad is average at best. They've got a lot of prima prima donnas in their team. I mean, Pogba is the worst signing they could ever have made. Um, the fact that Fergie let him go to then bring him back, it just kind of shows that, that there's been there's so much wrong at the top of the board at Manchester United. And you have to ask yourself this as well. They have to get out of the way of buying 30-plus players. How many 30-plus players have we seen? Cavani. Like, they could have brought him about three, four years ago. Bastian Feinsteiger was probably finished at the highest level. They brought, brought him for like a, a year's pay packet. Uh, Falcao, when he came into the Premier League, he was he was finished as a, as a, as a top player. They need to get out of this habit. And they, they have so many players that are just stealing a living. Harry Maguire, 80 million quid. He's not even worth eight pounds. He's worth about 8p. He is garbage. Absolute garbage. And the fact that, that they they brought in Adam Wambasaka, they need basically a drill to basically drill through their whole squad and basically say, right, you in the bin, you in the bin, you in the bin. Honestly, if I was a Manchester United manager right now, which I, I thankfully am not, I would get rid of all of them. I would get rid of the entire squad. It is average at best, and I think it's going to take. I think it's going to take a bit. I think this is going to take a long, long time. Manchester United fans need to be real, realistic, which they're obviously not. They're not going to be challenging for the title next season. Just, 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 just get, just get away from that already. Just get some realistic um, expectations. You'll be challenging for top four. You'll be challenging for Europe. You will not be challenging for the league. I can quite clearly say that um, as well. But I think Eric Ten Hag has got a massive, massive job on his on his hands. And it's whether or not the Glazers back him because I think the biggest problem in Manchester United is not the it's not the manager, it's the players. And I think it's the, the boardroom level because the Glazers have been uh, leeching. Uh, and I like to call them leeches because they are leeches. They've been leeching money from Manchester United since since they bought, bought the club back in 2005. So yeah. whoever goes in there is mm -hmm. Eric Ten Hag. I obviously, I, I wish him well. Uh, but I honestly have to say this. I think it's going to take five, maybe six, maybe seven. It's going to take them a long, long time to be back winning trophies. 
It's a great answer, and I, 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 I don't see why. Apparently, they've got a very strong youth team that have qualified for the FA Youth Cup final. Apparently, I, I agree. I just play the kids at this stage and just tell the rest to stay at home because they've they've already embarrassed themselves enough. Um, Alan, I'd be interested in, in your opinion on on Manchester United. But uh, Doug was talking about the the transfers. Just to have a bit of a recap because uh, I've got I've got them in front of me from this from sixteen seventeen. Uh, season they signed Paul Pogba from Juventus, ninety four point five million pounds. They signed Mikitarian because there were lots that we forget for thirty eight million pounds, and Eric Bailly for thirty four point two million pounds. Uh, and they got Zlatan on a free back then. And then they signed Lukaku the season after in seventeen eighteen. They signed Lukaku for seventy six million. Nemanja Matic for 40 million, Lindelof for 31 million, and Alexis Sanchez from Arsenal for 30 million. Um, in 1819, they got Fred for 53 million, Diogo Dallo for 20 million, and Lee Grant, who doesn't count. In 1920, they got Harry Maguire, 80 million, or well, 78.3 million pounds. Can you imagine? Can you imagine? Bruno Fernandes cost 57 million. Aaron Wan-Bissaka, 49.5 million. Dan James, 16 million. Ooh. And then uh, 2021, they brought in Donny van der Beek, 35 million. Ahmad Diallo, I don't even know who he is, 20 million. Alex Telles, 13.5 million. Uh, and then a couple of kids and they got Cavani on a free. And then, you know, and of course, last season, 80 million on Sancho, um, probably about the same amount in wages for Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, Alan, they, they, they need like, obviously, the rot comes from their recruitment. And Ralph Rangnick, I think Ralph Rangnick and Ten Hag from the outside seem to me to be like some of the most sensible decisions they've made in many years. And Ralph's making the right noises, I think to actually just say, look, we need better recruitment. And he's honest enough to say that these players just aren't good enough. Are you worried about a revolution there, Alan? Or do you think it would just take too long? No, not worried about them. Uh, just, I'm still trying to stop laughing after all them uh, <laughs> boys you, you read out there. I, I can't oh. remember half of them. God, But uh, it does go back, to, like Doug said, they're Pogba. When they paid that money for Pogba, that was ridiculous. They, they were... That was the typical Glazer family by someone that's popular on social media. He's he's on FIFA. He looks good. Let's spend eighty million, hundred million on him. That that was the start of their downfall, I think, when they start buying players uh, for their popularity instead of their skill that suit their team. Uh, I don't know enough about Ten Hag to be honest, but I can't see anybody going in there and getting them to win anything within the next ten years. Just just too much dead wood. Um, I I respect uh, Ralph Rednick. I think he's done the best he can. But when you bring a, a, a manager and say, "Oh, he's our interim manager," there's nothing he can do. Uh, I think basically he's there taking notes to hand over to the, the Ten Hag. He's going to say, "This lad, this lad, this lad, out, out, out." There's, there's no other. There's no other reason to brought brought him in only to to lay the lay the foundation for Ten Hag, and like. There's no fight in any of them players tonight. Not one of them played well. You know, and it's not often I'd listen to to uh, Gary Neville for an hour after the game, but to listen to him 
listen to him going on about the stadium needs a hundred million investment. You know, the the Glazers taking twenty five million out of a company that's losing money. Like, did, did you hear his rant? It was beautiful. The best. I listened to half his podcast. Yeah, oh I mean, yes, it's the best Neville podcast. Yeah, like I, I have sometimes ever. Sometimes I have respect for Gary, sometimes I don't, but by God, did he did he say it right? And uh, as, as a yeah, lifelong Liverpool but, fan, it was a pleasure. Yeah, it is a pleasure just generally seeing him upset the amount of times he's trying yeah. to wind us up. But, uh, but uh, yeah, I don't know. But he had, Jack, but he had, he had good sorry. points, though. Like his points were yeah, all, all on. This time, I mean, he's sort of, you know, he's sort of, he's got a sort of, what do they call it? A, a machine gun, um, you know, a, shooting a machine gun when yeah. you're blindfolded at some Coca-Cola bottles. Some of the bottles are going to smash eventually, exactly. um, you know, but most of them is just wild misses his his opinions, I find. But Jack, you've got to shoot off. Is that right? Sorry. Yeah, no worries, um, mate. I, I was enjoying listening to the, oh, you know, oh, shit, United's are, so I was going to stay even longer. <laughs> Hey, well, thank you very much for having me on, mate. It's great to speak to Al, Brian, Doug, and obviously Gibbo as well. And always a pleasure. Hopefully, we'll get you on my show as well, boys, if he's a free. But uh, always a pleasure. Come, uh, really do appreciate asking me to come on, mate. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's a joy, as always, having you here and hearing your views. Thanks very much, Jack. Sure, and for the you. listeners, check out Jack Mac LFC on YouTube. Take yeah, care, Jack. Have um, a good day, Excellent stuff. Yeah, yeah. you too. You too. Yeah. So. We'll, we'll just, uh, you know, sort of wrap things up anyway uh, here. I mean, basically, we can all go with different teams against Everton. Um, we can. Um, against Villarreal, though, are we agreed that we have to play our best team? Is that right? Any, dis- yeah. any disagreement? Yeah, we're all nodding here. Okay, so the best team, <clears throat> is that Matip at the back or is that Konate? I don't know. Brian, where do you stand on the old Matip Konate? Oh, it's Matip every day. Matip, yeah, long, okay, obviously. I agree. Yeah. Doug's um, nodding, Alan's nodding. Okay, let's try and find a bone of contention here. Cater, yeah. for me, gets the nod over Henderson every day. Uh, Alan's yeah. nodding at that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, there you go. So our midfield is uh, Fabinho, Thiago and Cater. And then the front three is the new front three, Luis Diaz, Sadio Mane. And Mo Salah on the right. Well, there yeah. you go. Job yeah. done. <laughs> Job done. Well, there you go. Well, that's the team for Villarreal. That's the team that hopefully will take us to Paris up the road. Um, whoever you are, wherever you are listening to this, you're absolute, absolutely, uh, you know, appreciated. Let me put it that way, because because I really love the way that there are Liverpool fans across the world uh, listening to this. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing. This is why Copon exists. Do get in touch, Copon Podcast at gmail.com. Is there anything that we we haven't uh, spoken about? Does anyone have anything they would like to say in particular that we haven't we haven't done yet or have covered all the bases? I. I just want to think. I I just think. I hope we don't take Villarreal too lightly, yes. you know, because they mm. are a very, very, very good side. They're yes. more than some of their parts, mm-hmm. and uh, I think they're probably going to give us one of our toughest games of the entire season in 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 Europe and in the Premier League. They, and it's no accident that uh, I, I, Umrah Henry, no, Umrah Emery, It's no accident that that guy just gets. He's a serial finalist in in European competitions. You know, look, you know what what he does is unbelievable. And uh, again, if you don't turn up to that game really correct, then you, you could, we have our pants pulled down quite easily. Um, oh. So I hope that you know we all because the first game's at Anfield, right? 
Yeah. 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 I just think we, we now we're coming into, we've got, I think we've got three games in a row now, uh, or at least two anyway, but these next two games, we have to kind of not take our eye off the ball and not take anything for granted. And, you know, put all our energy into Everton, but particularly because I think we all, everybody can agree that the Champions League is, is the, is the one that we have. It's in our hands, right? Mm-hmm. That's the one that we, we we're in full control of. So in many ways, that's very important. That game, uh, that first game, because as you say, we want to go to Spain. We don't want to go to Spain with a nil, nil or a, or a one, one. Ideally we'd like to go there with something to, to, to protect. Right. Um, so yeah, I'm just hoping that we we uh, we we give it absolutely everything on. Uh, is it Tuesday or Wednesday? It's Wednesday after. Yeah. Wednesday. So so we've got um, Everton uh, on Sunday. Then on Wednesday's Liverpool, Villarreal at Anfield. Then we're away to Newcastle, which would be extremely tricky at, lunch, at breakfast yeah. time. And then uh, on you know just a few days after that, it's the third of May. Uh, I think that's probably a Tuesday. Um, yes, yeah, Tuesday. It's Villarreal, Liverpool uh, in Spain. So. And then we've got to play Spurs on the seventh. So yeah, there's no, there's no fun all around. <laughs> it's it's well, hopefully, go on. Hopefully, hopefully we give uh, Mister Emery a bad evening on uh, yeah, Wednesday. Yes. Very good. Yes, um, hopefully, I was, I was just going to say, I think we might see maybe a couple of changes for Everton. I mm. don't, wouldn't be too yeah. surprised if um, Robertson's given a rest and maybe yes. Simicast comes in. Yeah, um, I think Simicast has been. Fantastic. Whenever yeah. he has played, I think he has just Great. stepped up to the plate. And I think we might maybe see Kanati in against Everton as well. Um, but those would those be the two changes I would make. Yeah, very yeah. true. Very Could true. see Harvey Elliott back in the team again at some stage. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He's yeah. he's going to be lacking rhythm. But yeah, maybe for the last half hour. I think so Jürgen should play the under-18s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, again. Yeah, good idea. Someone will stick with he, like, Some people were saying that like last few games, he has really put out very experimental teams against Everton. That must hurt. And still battered them. Yeah. You know, we, it, each time we've played in recent years, it hasn't been our strongest 11. You know, he has definitely wrestled yeah. players playing against Everton. So yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if... Uh, if we see a 16-year-old getting his first start <laughs> for Liverpool. <laughs> that one when he picked Shakiri and uh, Origi out of the blue and we won 5-2 at Anfield. If you, I mean, that was unforgettable. Was that? You should do a show about that ball boy at some stage. You know, the, the, did you, you read about that <laughs> guy who did uh, Trent, who, who gave the ball to Trent in the, against Barcelona? Apparently he's tearing it up. In, uh, yeah, no, he is. He's the season. He's yeah, I've been watching, yeah. Like I've been watching Oakley Cannoneer. Yeah, I've been watching the. I always watch the kids play. I watch anything, anything in, in yeah. Liverpool. Yeah, would you, would you watch that on LFC TV? Yeah, and uh, yeah, you can you can see a lot of the highlights of the under eighteen games. And um, yeah, they're really good. good. He is that good. He is for his age. I mean, but you know, he's right. he's got a lot of potential. This this kid, very lethal, very sort of, you know, um, Jota esque. I mean, obviously Ian Ian Rush esque. I mean, we hope he gets there. But uh, you know, he's like one of those clinical strikers. You know what I mean? Mm. Just, yeah. You know, one of the one of the ones where you know you look at the highlights and he's like, well, all he's done is taken one touch and then kicked it in the goal. And and it looks easy, doesn't it? But, uh, you know, like, of course, it's not easy <laughs> mm. to, 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 be, to make it look easy, you know? Mm. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's really good. He's a really good uh, young kid. But, uh, yeah, no, you were talking about Costas. Costas the Greek, yeah, at the back, man. Wow. What a yeah. player. I totally agree with that. Go on. Yeah, at the, at, the, um, at the Benfica game, he was playing and... Uh, um, 
we were right on the on the end line of uh, any road end, and for that for that corner that Kanata scored, he was whipping in them corners, and literally just before Kanata scored it, myself and my son turned around together at the same time and went, "What a ball!" Yeah. The way he whipped it in, it was like my son is a, a goalie as well. Like it looked like it was heading for the goalie's hands, but by the time I got there, it was five foot away from him, six foot away from him, and the balls he was whipping in all night from that seating position, it was just beautiful. And I was just, we're just saying how lucky we are to have Robbo and him. Like, I yeah. have no, fe- no fear of him coming into any game. He's one, of the, one of the, sorry, the one of the, um, I just, now you mentioned it, one of the pundits um, I was listening to, I can't remember, it was Jim Beglin, or because I hate Jim Beglin, or something, but they, they were just talking absolute nonsense. And I was just like, oh, how come you get paid to talk yeah. such crap? And they were saying, "Oh, you know, Liverpool. Look, the Liverpool team now—they've got—they've got players in every position, except for the wing backs." He said, "And it's like, you know, but you, you know, oh, if Robbo goes, said you've—they've who have you got?" And I'm like, yeah. "Simicas. It's yeah. like it's, he's brilliant. The jump off is not much in between Robbo and Simicas. He's been no. absolutely exceptional. Any other team, he'd be playing. He'd be a starter for sure. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. And and Gomez has been pretty pretty handy actually in at right back. I thought, you know, so far." I'm, I'm yeah. so happy to see him back in a Liverpool shirt and contributing to games. You know, it's um, I think sometimes we can be pretty harsh as fans. You know, you just out of sight, out of mind, and then you start thinking, oh, maybe we should put, sell him on and stuff. Like, no, no, keep yeah. him, keep him as long as we can. You know, <laughs> well, I, I agree, with, I agree with you. And I thought um, the last game, I forget which game it was, that um, Gomez played instead of Trent. He had a fantastic mm. game. He great crosses in. And uh, I remember thinking at the time, that's a player that's after being practiced in that position. Like he's he's obviously working hard and training because yeah, he he knows he has to yeah, play that position. Yeah, right? and wow. and that's a sign to me as well that he's not going anywhere. He's been Hopefully. told. Yeah, yeah, he's been told you're covering centre back and you're covering right back, and he's working on it because you could see in that last game. At least I thought I could. You could yeah. see how much he'd worked hard in training. At that he'll position. be back a centre back eventually. A couple of years time, he'll be back in yes, there. Yeah. He's the future of of like he's. We we have to have three top top centre backs at any stage, and the ones that we have now, eventually Matip and and Verge will eventually move on in like about twenty years time. And then when that happens, there's going to need to be some backup. And yeah, uh, yeah I mean, I just think it's crazy. Just the idea of selling him to Arsenal is just like. No, no, please don't let that happen, you know. Um huh. or Newcastle or someone else might come in for him. I'm I'm not sure. We'll have, we'll have to see what happens with sixty with million, Joe. maybe sixty million. Oh, I mean, they might pay it, might. you know what I mean. Um yeah, I mean, God, Newcastle though. I mean, I, I won't get into what their owners have been doing this week, but uh, you can look it up yourself. Uh, but uh, yeah, no, it's really it's quite sick. But uh, no, one one last thing I was I was actually thinking about that I forgot to mention earlier was that I totally agree. We we've, we've spoken about it before that that complacency is a is you know probably our biggest enemy. Is if we turn up mm-hmm. to either Everton or Villarreal thinking that we've we've we're gonna play the same as we did last time. Like, why? Why should that even matter? It shouldn't matter. And I, but I trust Jurgen to sort of, you know, be very on top of any kind of complacency. He was shouting um, at Virgil in a recent game. I'm not sure if it was the FA Cup or the or the one after against United. But he was he was absolutely laying into Virgil. He was looking like he was a little. Bit, a little bit lax at, at times, but um, I don't think that would happen. But another enemy that we have is what I saw 
in the Manchester City first half. Um, not the FA Cup, but the Premier League game at the Etihad. And that was something that, that surprised me. And that was nerves. Yeah. And I don't know if, you know, maybe not against Everton, maybe not against Villarreal, if the first leg goes well. But then, I don't know, against, as, as we get closer and closer to the end, I don't know, what do you think? I can, you know, what do you think about it? I mean, is it something that just happened in the Manchester City game? I think that Man City, yeah, I mean, I trust this team completely to a man. They're, they're just, every single one of them are captains, you know, and uh, I just think we have to, to realise that Man City really are that good, you know, they're, once in a generation good we're once in a you know boat managers are are just saying that that's the best opponent i've ever had in my entire career and that's pep guardiola saying that you know uh you know pep guardiola i think his latest thing is saying oh they might be the best football team in history he's talking about us you know and so when mm. and when we're when we're playing against them i just think it's there's such a it's such a high level so there's one point separates both teams in the past two years or something like that so that's going to, I mean, there's going to be nerves, I think, in that game. And I, I, the good thing about us and our nerves is it comes and there's a phase in the game. But then we, 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 we move past it and then we, 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 we regain our composure and we slow the game down. We grab the ball. It's a bit like Allison. Alice can Allison can make a make a howler every now and again, but he completely forgets about it instantly. You can tell. Yeah. There's no and yeah. and his teammates know that as well. He knows that. And so as a team, as a unit, we don't get flustered. We like they yeah, teams are gonna put us on the cosh occasionally. The ball may not bounce the way we want to bounce, and there will be moments every now and again where another team will have 10 minutes. And maybe we do a couple of sky balls and things not going and crowd starts to hum and ah and go, Jesus, not now. We're so close. Get control of it. But I always trust this team to eventually sort it out. And especially like if it's a first half performance, I know get them into the dressing room more times than not, whatever Jurgen Klopp is saying to them. And I guarantee I know it's, he's not screaming and shouting at them. I think he's just saying this be brave. Play your game. You get on the ball. Why are you? Why are you playing the way you're playing? You can play better than this. You know, in a, in a straight game of football, you guys win. So play football. And um, so I, I just think that was. The, I mean, it was such a big occasion. It's the biggest game. Man City Liverpool is the biggest game in world football right now, right? So I think there was a bit of that edging in. I don't know what you guys yeah. think. Yeah. Well, I mean, what do you think? I mean, if it's the if it's the Champions League final. Um, will our experience, you know, stop us from being nervous, or could you see it happening again, Doug? What do you reckon about the, um, holding? I, I, I think I think it is a good point. The, the complacency. On the only team that can beat Liverpool itself is Liverpool. You know, again into obviously the complacency, having certain nerves into it uh, as well. I do look at the fixtures, and you know, obviously, City have got the you know the, the easier you know running um, as well. But I look at those, I look at the games that they've got, like Leeds away, Wolves away. They're not easy. They are not easy at all. And then you look at what we've got. We've got, um, I think it's like Newcastle away, Tottenham at home, Southampton uh, away, um, you know, Villa away, and then obviously Wolves at home. You know, it's. Just take one game at a time. That, 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 that's, what, that's what we all say, is take one game at a time. And it is going to be 
whatever happens, whatever happens, happens. It is going to be a, a very, very interesting end uh, to the season uh, for sure. And um, yeah, I saw, I saw that uh, Eric Ten Hag's first game in charge will be against Liverpool potentially. Um, <laughs> so that's 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 quite uh, that's quite funny. But no, I think. Um, I think that this this team is very very special, and and like Brian said, I tr- I trust this team with every bit of my heart that I've got. Excellent stuff, um, and I'm going to give you the final word for today. I mean, for those listening, I've just put put the fixtures up on, up on the screen here. We've got Everton, Villarreal, Newcastle, Villarreal, Tottenham, Villa, Chelsea, Southampton, uh, Wolverhampton Wanderers, and possibly a Champions League final to play. That's left. Um, Alan, how optimistic are you feeling at this point? Uh, yeah, like the two lads, I have faith in this team. Like, and I think the way we're playing, we we, we can beat anyone. Um, you know, it's it's like it's it's like 2019 all over again, where we just win, silly win. It's like you know we're gonna just at one point is killing us, but I can't see us. I can't see us losing any game with with the way we're playing. If we keep playing our game, we will we can beat all of them. Um, you know, P- City have City have the experience of winning the, the title so many times, but we've the experience of winning it and losing it in the last few years too. So, I think a bit of hurt in the players as well is is what's keeping us going as well. They they don't they don't want to lose the title by one point again. So I have great faith in this team. I think this team's going to, you know. I, Apart from maybe the Premier League, I think we can ring the, win the FA Cup and the Champions League. Great stuff. And we, time will tell to see if Hodgie gets a result. Uh, you're probably listening to this, some of you, maybe after uh, Watford versus Manchester City and the 5 0 to, to Warrior the Wovers. Um, but um, you know, I want to thank you all for, for, for watching, for listening, uh, for being in the comments as well on YouTube. Um, do get in touch if you like, coponpodcast.gmail.com. And thank you very much to my guests, uh, Brian and Doug and Alan. Uh, Doug, what's going on at the dugout these days? Yeah, I've got I've got the I've got the Friday LFC focus tonight. I've got the two lads from the Copite, um, Mick Moran and Jay uh, Pearson. So that should be very very interesting. Um, as well, also got um, Connor from the Cup Council, um, Dan from the Mighty Reds Television as well, and uh, Steve Plunk uh, as well, who I think was he's been on Redman TV, I think as well. So yeah, I've got that tonight, and I've also got a a big match preview as well for for Everton later on as well. So. Yeah, two good shows tonight. Come and check me out. Fantastic, fantastic. There you go. Check it out, the Dugout YouTube channel. Thanks a lot, guys. It's been an absolute pleasure. And uh, yeah, we'll just see whether we you know where the red roller coaster uh, takes us. You know, this is uh, <clears throat> it's not even a roller coaster, is it? It doesn't go down, it just goes up. So it's the red rocket. It's the <laughs> rocket reds. Uh, thanks very much to everybody. Take care and uh, we'll speak to you soon. Thank you.